You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! This is Love of the Star. Oh, sorry, I was jamming out. I was playing the guitar. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. Welcome back to the Love of the Star podcast. It's been a little bit. Uh, I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. That is your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. That's central time, by the way, uh, on 105 Through the Fan. You can check it out on the Odyssey app. Uh, he is also the pre and post game co-host of the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Brian, how you doing? Uh, are you staying safe and warm during Ice Mageddon in Dallas? And there's been a lot of stuff to go on since we last talked. There is a lot of stuff to go on to Bobby, and you need to add on to our plate that you and I are on the draft show on DallasCowboys.com. That is so true. We got a lot. We're, we're, you and I are are trying to, to pay a lot of bills, I think, is what we're trying to do. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, uh, you, know, you can catch – Bobby said all the things you can catch us on. Love of the Star, you can catch us on. We absolutely love you for that. And, but Bobby and I are also together on the draft show on the DallasCowboys.com platform. And 105.3 and the DallasCowboys.com have a partnership together. So – Get ready for a lot of that with us, and also stuff on the love of the star. Yeah, which uh, that that'll that some of that draft show stuff will naturally bleed over into this show. Absolutely, you, I, I'm still. Uh, in fact, I need to uh, let our boss know. I was talking yesterday about going to combine, so I need to. Uh, oh, that uh, but uh, I believe that will occur. I just gotta I, I gotta firm that up. But we should be going out there, uh, and there will be a lot to talk about. With uh, Mike McCarthy out there, uh, Jerry on his bus. He always does the bus interview. Uh, so there will be a lot to discuss, uh, as they discussed a lot yesterday at Senior Bowl as well. Uh, we'll play some of the audio from Jerry here in a second. But let's just update where some of the moves are uh, in relation to this coaching staff. The Cowboys uh, announced uh, last Wednesday or Thursday uh, several moves. They were not going to be retaining Skip Pete, the running backs coach. Joe Philbin, the offensive line coach, uh, George Edwards, the senior defensive assistant. That was a very surprising one. Uh, we even heard later that Dan Quinn was surprised by that one. 
Uh, Leon Lett, who was the longest tenured member of the staff, was let go. Uh, and then Kyle Valero, another long tenured uh, member of the staff, a guy who had come over here in 2014, I believe, with Scott Linehan because uh, they had worked together in Detroit and had stayed on staff now uh, for quite a while. So they made those moves. You then had the awkward press conference where Mike McCarthy wouldn't speak about Kellen Moore's future. And I think that kind of signaled to everybody something wasn't quite right. So then we discover over the weekend that Kellen Moore would not be coming back. Neither would Doug Nussmeyer, the quarterback's coach. And uh, Kellen Moore lands with the Chargers. And and here we are this week, Brian. And it appears that Mike McCarthy is going to call plays. They will search for some sort of an offensive coordinator. We'll get into the the names here in a second. Uh, And they also have hired an offensive line coach, Mike Solari. Uh, So we'll get into all those names in a second. But just, Brian, your your, your biggest takeaway from the last week, some of the moves the Cowboys have made, uh, it's a lot of turnover for a staff that's keeping its head coach. Yeah, and I think the best thing that happened with the Dallas Cowboys when you start to talk about the staff was Dan Quinn being able to stay. Uh, You know, him reading the room, understanding what was going on in Denver, understanding what was going on in Houston, understanding what's going on in Arizona and Indianapolis as well. So uh, nice uh, nice uh, get, if you want to say, for the Cowboys of keeping Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's now being paid like a head coach in the National Football League. Uh, his compensation package, I've been told, is between 4 and $5 million uh, for him to stay on. Uh, as the as defensive coordinator here for the Cowboys. So, uh, yes, a lot of what was interesting, Bobby, about this, and I'm you know me, I'm the guy that's always trying to figure out, was there a trading of prisoners here? And I mean trading prisoners in a way of, that's my term for, did Jerry Jones have guys that he wanted to move on from and then encounter did – did Mike McCarthy counter that by saying, okay, Jerry, I will move on from your guys as well, if that's the case. And so when you look at a, say, a George Edwards, who was, uh, uh, you know, Bobby, you were part of a very uh, uh, lengthy uh, report last year uh, with the NFL Network and Jane Slater. I call it the Slater Report uh, (laughs) about what was going on in the locker room. And I think, well, maybe it was two years ago. Uh, with uh, now that I think yep, about it, two years ago, two years ago, but you were part of that. And George Edwards was a name that was being mentioned as a possible candidate to replace Mike Nolan during the season, right at the same time the Slater report came out. Yep. And and when the Slater report came out, there are people in the front office that said we can't make it look like that we're changing because of a report. By the way, a very accurate report yes. uh much that everybody in cowboy land was uh was like well why would she say that why would she do no very accurate report she was proven correct uh throughout her reporting and congratulations to you and her for very fine work there but uh, george edwards was a guy and talking to george edwards um he felt good about his situation here with the cowboys george and i go way back uh, to the early 2000s. He was on the Mike Zimmer staff, uh, just visiting with George. He was a guy that kind of felt like that if Dan moved on, maybe he would have an opportunity to get the defensive coordinator job here. you know. And so I believe that he was blindsided by uh, the removal. Skip Pete, talk about him. Very much a, a buddy of Ezekiel Elliott. 
you know, when you look at long term, how, you know, what he's been here, he was brought here, he's friends with Zeke and friends in a, in a way of like being able to manage Zeke and to, you know, the one thing that we've seen about Ezekiel early in his career, uh, there were troubles, there were problems, there yep. were immature issues that he was dealing with, you know, and since then, nothing. Nothing at all. You know, we we went from worrying about Zeke would he even last to wow. You know what a what a mature guy he's become. What a you know what a a, a good teammate he has become. All those things that you want to talk about Ezekiel. But now we move on. Uh, you know, does that a sign that they're going to move on from uh, Ezekiel? You know, all the words. And by the way, Bobby, all the stuff that Jerry and then Stephen talked about with guys being here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's talking about Tyron Smith, Peters, guys like that, I don't believe they've had their personnel meeting yet. I, I don't think they've had that personnel meeting where they sit down with Mike McCarthy and they start to talk about, and Stephen kind of spells out out of Pacifica, Todd Williams spell out, okay, these are cap ramifications if we keep guys. I don't think they've had those discussions yet. I don't think they're going to have those discussions for quite a while now. Because they're going to get a battle plan for what they're going to do when they get to the combine. That's mm-hmm. that's when that's when all the meetings and all everything is going to take place with agents. Okay, let me get back to the coaches. I'm just saying, Jerry answering questions yesterday about right. person about personnel. From my own personal experience, they would have had these meetings yet. They would not have had these meetings yet about about now. Maybe Will McClay operates in a different light, but I don't think they do. I think they wait until they get to a certain point. All right, the coaches. Skip Pete gone. You know, we talked about George Edwards being gone. And Leon Lett, all these guys appear to me to be Jerry Jones type guys. Mm-hmm. All of them are Jerry Jones guys. On the flip side, look what happened to Mike McCarthy's guys. Joe Philbin is gone. You know, look at look at that situation. Rob Davis gone. Yeah, we didn't right? even mention Rob Davis. That was a huge one. Rob Davis is titled as assistant uh head coach. And really, Rob Davis is a football operations guy. He's not a coach. Rob's not a coach. He's football yep. operations. He's really Mike McCarthy's right hand guy. So all of a sudden, Jerry Jones looking at the size of his staff. He's you know I don't believe he wanted to pay you know at the time. Uh, I don't think he really wanted to pay Joe Philbin, uh, you know, two million dollars to be offensive line coach. He was already paying Kellen Moore. He's already already paying Dan Quinn. He's already paying uh, Mike McCarthy as the head coach. I think Jerry was looking at his staff. But the thing I'm trying to get at, I'm sorry I'm so long winded. No, you're good. I, I just this is how I see this. Jerry Jones questioned certain coaches on this staff, and those guys were removed. Mike McCarthy, in turn, I think said, "Okay, if you have those questions, I have these questions about these guys." It seems to me it was very much a. Okay, if you want if you want bloodletting right now, if you want bloodletting of my guys, we're gonna have some bloodletting of your guys as well too. I don't think I'm making I don't think I'm making too big of a deal about this, but this is what you kind of this is the balance that you get into. Remember last year at this time, Jerry Jones is making comments about Mike McCarthy's job. Yeah. Mike McCarthy has to go on the Rich Eisen show, has to talk about has to talk about. Uh, Hey, I, I know this is a feeling I have. I, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. I think there's, I think there's some, there's some real. If if Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy had some issues, which 
know, Stephen Jones even acknowledged, we acknowledged even last week on 105.3 The Fan on our shows that there was, you know, you and I, when we had you on, we're talking about some differences, philosophy differences and stuff like that. This yeah, is yeah, let's, let, let's, let's, and I'll say, I, I don't, I don't know if you feel as, as comfortable with who you've talked to to say this, but I feel comfortable with people I've talked to to say, it was a str- there there were times it was a struggle for the two of them to get along. It was absolutely a- absolutely it was. Absolutely it was. And that's yeah. I, I I totally agree with you on that. So, I just find it fascinating that very loyal Jerry Jones type coaches are out and very loyal trusted coaches of Mike McCarthy are out. Uh, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. I really really don't. Well, let's talk about how they've already filled one of these spots. Mike Solari is coming in as the offensive line coach, uh, a lengthy coaching history going back, you know, uh, 46 years, roughly. Um, He was with the Cowboys for two seasons, actually, in 1987 and 88, the last two years of Tom Landry. Most recently, he was the offensive line coach for the Seahawks from 2018 to 2021. Um, He had sat out the last year. Um, Brian, I always have a little hesitation when you're grabbing guys who seem like they're halfway to the beach where they've sat out for a year and, and they haven't necessarily been active and their last stop in Seattle was, was kind of criticized. I asked around some people yesterday, heard generally solid things like was ba- the general reaction I got on, on the Solari hire was, eh, he, he's a decent coach. Like, like, like he's not the, it wasn't, oh my gosh, one of the best in the league. It wasn't, oh my gosh, this is a disaster hire. It was just, yeah, I'm sure it'll work. And so just kind of a, a shoulder shrug, I guess. Uh, what, what are your impressions of Solari? Well, if Mike McCarthy is going to call the plays, he's going to need pl- uh, coaches that can implement the offense, teach the offense, practice the offense, and set everything up for Mike to be able to call the plays on Sundays and Monday nights. Mm-hmm. That's what he's going to – He's gonna. Uh, he needs these guys. He's going to need people he trusts. Uh, Mike Solari – you mentioned the history with the Dallas Cowboys. His history goes way, 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 way back. It, it, he's 68 years old. Um, you know, you, you you talk about one foot in the parking lot, already at the beach, already working at the lake house on the garden for the spring. You know, all these things that I dream about, you know, <laughs> being 59 years old. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's where we're at right now. But Mike McCarthy and Mike Solari were together in Kansas City uh, I want to say in 1996 and 97 or 97, 98, it was one of the two, but they yeah, were very there. brief crossover. They yep. were there. The Mike was, Mike was a long time offense, uh, was a long time offensive line coach with the chiefs. Uh, uh, Mike McCarthy was there with him as a quarterback coach. Mike hired him later with the Packers uh, to be uh, work with the offensive line. So there is a long history between these two. But that's the whole idea of this. You know, are we hiring friends? Are we hiring people that we trust that can rekindle the success that they had in Green Bay? You know, I, I it's not going to surprise me one bit, Bobby. I'm sure we're going to get into uh, the talks with the Rams coach, with Nixon from Carolina. Yep. Uh, you know, I have my thoughts about that. But I, I would not be surprised if you see – a Scott Tolzien be the uh, be a quarterback coach here. Uh, I think that's likely. Yeah, I, I think that I think Scott Tolzien would be your quarterback coach. I could see where uh, Brian Schottenheimer has some type of role 
Uh, we'll see what happens. Could you name one of these uh, running back coaches? Can you name them the coordinator and title? But it's really a collaborative effort by Schottenheimer, Tolzien, uh, uh, Solari, you know, all these guys to teach the offense that Mike wants to run. Yeah, I, I think that that's a, a good view. And let's talk about those offensive coordinator candidates really quickly before we jump over to what Jerry had to say at Senior Bowl yesterday. Uh, they, they've uh, named that Jeff Nixon is one guy that they're interested in, uh, 48-year-old uh, running backs coach for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he was also the interim offensive coordinator at the end of 2021 in Carolina, uh, has been an NFL coach for – uh, about the last 15 years, he spent three, four years under Joe Philbin in Miami. So there's potentially a recommendation there. And then Thomas Brown, young coach, 36 years old from the Rams. He's the tight ends coach and assistant head coach, but he's got a background as a running backs coach. So I think you're right here is that the thought with interviewing these guys is, hey, you could be a coordinator title and you would then hold the running backs coach job. Just like you know, Maurice Carthon did sure twenty did. years ago. Sure did. Uh, where it was, you're you're not necessarily calling the plays, but you get the coordinator title and you're coaching the running backs. So I think that's the uh, the thought there. So just really quickly, your your thoughts on Jeff Nixon and Thomas Brown? Yeah, I, I need to learn more about Brown. I, I tried to reach out to some people in the league that would know him. What I heard about Nixon was a, a lot of positive things. He's got a pretty diverse background of coaches that he's been with. So. He's a guy that is – I was described to me as if he had an offensive philosophy, it would be more about tempo. It would be kind of an up, uh, up-tempo up offensive style. But I was also told, though, don't look for him to be a guy that's going to out-scheme you. He's not one of these guys that we all like to in this day and age on Twitter or any of our social platforms, we like to complain about uh, these uh, – they're not scheming guys open – they're not yeah. doing this. They're not doing that. That doesn't sound like to me that's Jeff Nixon's cup of tea. So, uh, but a lot of positive things were said about him as a teacher, uh, as an evaluator, as a person, uh, and as a as a guy with a lot of backgrounds from a lot of different offenses that he can draw from. But the one thing that kind of got the old antenna to perk up was not one of those guys that's going to scheme you up. So. That's something that I think that you have to look at. Uh, maybe Mike McCarthy's not looking towards that scheme him up guy. You know, maybe it's more about, you know, how do you run the football? You know, how do you, you know, I, I've heard nothing but positive things uh, on the Christian McCaffrey front about Jeff Nixon. So, you know, maybe that's Mike McCarthy's talked about how much he wants to run the football and, uh, and the kind of uh, a balance that he really wants with his offense. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, before we move on to our next segment, I need to remind you guys of our wonderful partner here at Love of the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I have told you guys about Boomer Jacks. Brian and I both have for several months now. We love how you guys are tagging us on social media and uh, your pictures from you going to Boomer Jacks and enjoying uh, such a fine establishment like we have. Uh, And let me tell you, if, if you haven't tried Boomer Jacks yet and you're a big fan of Wings, the days to go for you are going to be Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But even if you're not a wing person and you just want to go for great drinks, great food, affordable drinks, affordable food, Boomer Jacks is the spot for you. They've got specials for you every other day of the week, uh, not just Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They have drink specials starting at $3, uh, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music. Uh, I was just at one on uh, 35 near Louisville last week. Uh, such a cool atmosphere that they had this patio with like uh, torches out there to keep it warm and could open it up. So just a really cool atmosphere. Boomer Jacks has you hooked up with whatever you're looking for. Uh, there are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, as we mentioned, the Cowboys are in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, uh, checking out players. And, and there's always news making comments from Jerry Jones coming out of the senior bowl. And uh, yesterday was no different. We actually got comments from Jerry and Steven both. Uh, and uh, a lot of interesting stuff out of there. Uh, Jerry confirms at least now that the plan is Mike McCarthy is going to call the offense uh, and he's going to be, be calling plays. And he mentioned about how, you know, Mike's not going to just be a walk around coach, which that's a very famous line he used with Jerry, Jason Garrett years ago. Uh, it was something that then applied to Mike McCarthy as well, that you were the walk-around coach. You, you weren't looking out for anything else other than that. So uh, first clip here for you, Brian. This is uh, Jerry talking about why he changed his mind on the idea of a walk-around coach. That was, the, in my mind, the right thing to do at the time mm-hmm. uh, for Jason to uh, uh, take uh, the focus of, as head coach, the focus on the offense uh, and walk around. Right. And we had uh, a coaching staff that uh, I thought and we all thought uh, that would work with. This is a case of going in the other direction. Uh, That happens in all teams in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But because I own the team Mm -hmm. as well as uh, MGM, Mm doesn't mean that we don't go different areas doing different things Mm -hmm. than we were five, ten years ago. So there's his explanation. It kind of sounds like I reserve the right to change my mind whenever I want to, yeah. which he absolutely does. But absolutely, uh, you know, it, it's it, more discussion about it yesterday. Was it sounded like that this was going to be more Mike McCarthy's scheme, like what Mike McCarthy wanted to do? Stephen talked about, hey, look, there was some ideological butting of heads a little bit between Kellen and Mike, and so we're going to let Mike explore things the way he wants to. Which Mike, of course, runs a a West Coast offense um, is a big fan of that scheme. Is uh, you know, there's if you look on Twitter, lots of Packers fans will tell you if, if Mike's calling them plays, we're going to see a whole bunch of slant flats, Brian. That that's going to be all that it is uh, all the time. So 
uh, in general, the idea of Mike McCarthy now not being the walk-around coach and calling these plays, what is your expectation for what Mike McCarthy's play calling may look like? Is it going to be more conservative, more aggressive? Do you think we're going to notice a change? What do you think it'll look like? I think he's going to be more committed to running the football. And I think his influence, especially when uh, Dak Prescott went down after week one, was pretty apparent that he told Kellen Moore, hey, listen, we need to figure out a ways to try and run the ball better. They were running the ball really, really well until Terrence Steele got hurt. Who knew that getting Terrence Steele hurt would completely kill your running game, but it did. Uh, but I, I think that Mike is looking more about trying to control. Uh, I think that Mike McCarthy, and I'll, I'll tell you why I think Jerry Jones changed his mind. And this is 14 years of experience of working with Jerry Jones. I think the reason he changed his mind is he realizes that he's got a damn good defensive coordinator. He's got one of the best defensive coordinators in the National Football League. And I think that he realizes that Jason Garrett needed to kind of have his hands in all things in order to try and make the team the best it could. And I, I think that he Jerry sees what Dan does, and any autonomy that, that Mike gives Dan and Jerry gives Dan is probably earned. And so – by him not having to be a walk-around coach, uh, he could focus on the offense. Namely, he could focus on Dak Prescott. Namely, he could focus on Dak Prescott in, in order uh, for him to uh, you know, clean up the turnovers, uh, improve field vision, improve accuracy if he can, uh, and then to kind of find that balance, whether it's running the football or throwing the football, where they can maintain, where they continue to be a high-scoring team. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult uh, if they just go pretty much, uh, and I'm not going to say it's going to be completely run heavy, but I believe that when you get to the 26th pick of the draft, you're going to have to keep a very, very open mind about the player that you get there, and you you, you should not be one bit surprised if they take a running back at that spot, especially if they don't get the Ezekiel Elliott situation cleared up and Tony Pollard's situation as well. Now, if they franchise tag Tony Pollard, uh, that might be a whole different thing. But I kind of feel like, though, that you're going to see a little bit more emphasis on running the football and being really good at that and the play-action stuff coming off that, uh, that, that run action. You know, when you look at the West Coast offense, a lot of it is about, you know, precision and, and you know, just perfect timing and and – you know, letting the ball go at the right time and being Accuracy. at the right spot. And so with that in mind, is that a concern for this football team? I mean, you talk about yeah. a team that couldn't figure out option routes, couldn't get yeah. on the same page. Now you're asking them to run a scheme that's almost completely dependent on you guys being in sync at all times. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, any any hesitation in the West Coast offense is generally a bad play. Any slight bit of route adjustment, uh, collision at the at the at the line of scrimmage, quarterback holding the ball, pressure from inside. That's it's a it's a tough one to deal with. And your quarterback at times has shown he could be very accurate, and other times we've seen some of his worst interceptions have been balls that have been knocked in the air because he wasn't accurate. So yeah. that's that's the uh, that's the issues that you deal with right now. 
Jerry Jones was asked yesterday uh, about his confidence in his quarterback, Dak Prescott. Here's what he had to say. I'm very strong on Dak. We we have, a, in my mind, a unique person, a unique football player, a unique quarterback. Uh, we've uh, uh, have had times in this past three years where we haven't had him. And um, I like the way that uh, we've adjusted uh, when we had to uh, go without him. But uh, I think this whole thing reflects the upside that I feel in Dak. The fact that we're doing this, Mike's calling the plays, Mike, this has uh, everything to do with the positives around Dak. It's building around Dak. Do you have to do something with his contract this year, this offseason? Uh, I don't. We'll get into that. Those uh, I don't talk about the nuances of what adjustments are made, but with the cap and those kinds of things, uh, you always want to consider making room. Stephen Jones was also quoted as saying, Dak is going to be our guy for hopefully the next 10 years. You say that's a long time because he's already played six or seven, but I think Dak will play that long because he takes care of himself. He's driven to be great, and we'll, we fully expect him to be here for 10 years. So that's very strong endorsements from Jerry and Stephen Jones. Brian, do you buy the endorsements? Do you think that's actually their plan for right now, or is that just some sort of uh, you know uh, vote of confidence in, in the the quarterback that, maybe they wouldn't actually take it that far. They're just trying to show current confidence, and it's not really that long-term for them. Yeah, I think they're trying to show current confidence. I think this is about 2023. Jerry Jones also went on to say about drafting a quarterback every year, too, as a possibility. And I think that's... Which, to be fair, they've invested in quarterback. I was talking about this this morning on Sean and RJ. Not high picks, but you drafted Dak in 2016. You signed Cooper Rush to come in here as an undrafted free agent in 17 uh 18 you drafted mike white 19 there was nothing but 20 you drafted ben denucci 21 you claimed will greer so they've thrown some you know uh darts at the quarterback board in the last couple of years they need to consider one at 26 if he slides to him is what they really really, really what they need to do yeah absolutely Ooh. If, if one of these quarterbacks if if you like and listen um, I'm not saying – and Mike McCarthy was the beneficiary of such a move when he became – when he was a coach at Green Bay. Mm-hmm. If if one of these guys that you really, really like all of a sudden comes sliding down the board to you at 26, you owe it to yourself to look very, very strongly at the possibility of adding that guy. I'm saying if you have high enough grades, if that quarterback is on your board and say anywhere between in the top eight – and all of a sudden he's sliding to your lap and nobody's taking him. And it's almost like an Aaron Rodgers drop. Ted Thompson that year had no intention of drafting a quarterback until Aaron Rodgers got to the bottom of that board. And when Aaron Rodgers, that was it. Ted looked around the room and said, we're taking this guy. And they were taking, they were going to take a defensive player. They were ready to do it. And I drafted Aaron Rodgers. I think if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you owe it to yourself to keep an open mind to any way of adding a quarterback that can make a difference on this football team. So, Brian, or is what you're telling me is that you would consider at 26 drafting Tanner McKee from Stanford? Absolutely not. Oh no. Okay. All right. We're not. We're not Tanner McKee fans here. Okay. Not, not right. Tanner McKee. No, I, I'm not. Uh, uh, Tanner McKee to me, when I watch him play, you named the one quarterback that I really wouldn't want to take. Yeah, the I ones that. I, I, yeah, I'm not a. I'm not a Tanner McKee fan at all. I will say this though. Uh, give me the opportunity to take uh, to take say somebody doesn't 
like Will Levis. You know, give me that opportunity. Uh, I, like I said, you're, the 26th pick, folks, is a second round player. There's likely going to be 20 first round grades on that board. I've done about 110 players already. There's like, I haven't stacked the board yet, but my gut tells me there's going to be between 18 and 20 first round grades. So player 26 is a likely a second round grade on your board. That's not like you're taking it's it's the same thing you have to think about a running back too. You know, if sometime if somehow Bijan Robinson gets to 26, why am I thinking about this? Especially if my my running back situation is not taken care of. That that is one of the best players in this draft from University of Texas running back. It's one of the best players in the draft, regardless of his position. Speaking of running backs, uh, because I, I'm a big fan of B. John Robinson. If he's there at 26, I don't even think about it. There's zero chance to me. If B. John Robinson gets 26, there's zero chance there's any player left on the board that's better than him. I, I totally uh, agree. Jerry was asked about Ezekiel Elliott's future. Uh, this is what he had to say. As we will review even more the season, uh, we're going to see the positives in Zeke. Zeke will look better uh, the more you look at what he brought to the table as we get into reviewing what the season was. And so uh, uh, I don't want to talk about Zeke until we uh, uh, have had the benefit of really evaluating our whole season. But I do know this without even looking at an evaluation. Zeke was a lot more incremental to the success that we had than his rushing yards indicate. But you do want him, I believe that. You do want him back next year. Would like to have him back next year. Yes. You would like to have yes, him back. Would like to have him back. Stephen Jones also saying, uh, hey, I, I didn't even see I saw no drop off in, in Ezekiel Elliott last year. Uh, but then also came back and said, Yeah, do we want him? Sure, but do the numbers work? And so that's that's his couching of it a little bit. Uh, well I think I, that all, also real quick, Bobby, if I could, uh I'm sorry, nothing's ever really quick with me. Uh, but I, I'd like to I'd like to believe that they telegraphed last year what they were going to do with Amari Cooper way too early. I think yeah. that I think that I think two things they haven't they they haven't had these personnel meetings that have talked about where they need to be going into the combine and they and they don't want to telegraph their intentions like they did with Amari Cooper. I don't I just don't think they want to do that again. Yeah, and that that very well could be the idea there because, like you said, the same words on Tyron Smith and Jason Peters. I, I still think there's a good chance Tyron Smith and Ezekiel Elliott are not here. Next I, year. I, I agree. I agree. And, yeah. and so when you look at that, they maybe change it. Now I do think it's a little funny for Steven to say, I didn't see a drop off. It's like, well, the only way you can see a drop off Steven is if you're saying you thought he was bad the last two years and not just this year, uh, because uh, the last four games of the year, Brian 50 carries for a hundred yards. That's not exactly the uh, the efficiency I think they won out of their running game with uh, Mike McCarthy taking over. Uh, but in this idea of telegraphing uh, decisions and acquisitions and everything else, there's a little bit of buzz coming out of Mobile based off of what Jerry Jones had to say about going all in, like the Eagles and the Rams have, really going after it and trying to make the moves with outside free agents or trades or whatever else to build your team. And uh, Jerry, uh, the normally uh, we build from within, Jerry Jones, uh, didn't totally shoot it down. I'm reluctant, even though by nature I'm a wildcatter. <laughs> Anybody that thinks I won't take a chance has misread the tea leaves. Okay. But I do think longer term, and I'm real hesitant to bet it all for a year. And uh, there's a lot of things that can happen for that year. Uh, 
in essence, we're seeing a couple of teams that have had some real success putting it all out there and uh, paying it, paying for it later right. in Philadelphia and San and uh, really uh, Los Angeles. Uh, don't think that doesn't pop my head and get my eye as far as doing it, and I know how to do that. It's again, it's a part of uh, uh, what you uh, put in that computer and what comes out, and we'll see. We'll see how uh, it comes, but uh, that's pretty impressive to have two teams in the last two years empty the bucket and get to the Super Bowl. That's all well and good. I just I will simply not believe that they're going to do anything of significance in free agency until I see it. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Signing their own is free agency to them. They're totally comfortable with extending CeeDee Lamb and extending Diggs and extending uh, Steele or getting him to a contract. Uh, you know, they're they're completely comfortable with that. That's free, free, that's free, that's free agency, agency to, to them. them. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we move on to our next segment, I need to remind you guys of our wonderful partner here at Love of the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I have told you guys about Boomer Jacks. Brian and I both have for several months now. We love how you guys are tagging us on social media and uh, your pictures from you going to Boomer Jacks and enjoying uh, such a fine establishment like we have. Uh, and let me tell you, if, if you haven't tried Boomer Jacks yet and you're a big fan of wings, the days to go for you are going to be Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But even if you're not a wing person and you just want to go for great drinks, great food, affordable drinks, affordable food, Boomer Jacks is the spot for you. They've got specials for you every other day of the week, uh, not just Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They have drink specials starting at $3, uh, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music. Uh, I was just at one on uh, 35 near Louisville last week. Uh, such a cool atmosphere that they had this patio with like uh, torches out there to keep it warm and could open it up. So just a really cool atmosphere. Boomer Jacks has you hooked up with whatever you're looking for. Uh, there are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time to dive into uh, our favorite segment of the week. It is the Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Uh, first question here from Joe T., what needs to happen to fix Dak's recognition and timing issues? It seems like he waits too long to pull the trigger. Then guys are covered. As we've talked about here in this episode, Brian, uh, the West Coast offense is all about timing and any hesitation, and you're looking at a negative play in all likelihood. So how do you how do you get that out of him? In fact, I think some people might say he had a little too much trust at times in himself uh, and, and maybe should have hesitated a little on some of the things that he did but in general is that something you can fix hesitation and and and, and timing and recognition or is that just you either have it or you don't i can fix him to the point where maybe it's a you look at it and you say okay we're going to make this a timing based offense and so with with if you if you say okay when you hit your fifth step the ball needs to be out here right now that's how you're going to fix i mean it's not about letting him read this it's about how do you find ways to say okay receiver is going to be here you have to trust it and that's where you have to make that throw so that's that's i think they're going to help him i think they're going to help him by saying the timing of the of the route is here and you have to make the throw there's no hesitation you make that throw, you know, you read it, you see it, you throw it. 
that's what they're going to try and do. Next question here from Crypto Cowboy. With Moose Johnston being a key contributor to the 90s dynasty, would Dallas entertain employing a pure fullback in the future? Having a Kyle Juszczyk type player seems awesome. Thoughts? Uh, I think they, they've they tried a little bit uh, in recent years. Jameh Zalawali, um, you know, they brought in Nick Ralston, Ryan Nall before he got hurt in, in training camp, but I mean, the, the Kyle use checks are, are few and far between, but Brian, would a, a fullback be more optimal if you're looking at the West Coast offense, which, uh, you know, in, if you're talking about Kellen Moore's offense, which took a lot from the godfather of the single back offense almost in Scott Linehan, uh, what would the fullback be a a have more use in 2023 with Mike McCarthy calling the plays than at other points. The one thing Mike McCarthy was really good at was playing with a fullback. If you remember all the, the John Coons and guys like that, that he's kind of played with, uh, I think kind of tells you a lot about him wanting to have a fullback. I know people have been tweeting at me. I believe there's a fullback at uh, North Dakota state that people mm-hmm. are like, Oh, brought us watch this guy. So I haven't seen him. I haven't looked at a fullback in a while, but now that since McCarthy is calling the plays, I absolutely think I'm going to have to study a few. And especially if everybody's telling me this kid at North Dakota state uh, is a, is a pretty good option. I think that's the route I'm going to look. So yeah, I think any, I think any team can benefit from having a fullback, but if you find one like Kyle, use my gosh, he's a tight end. He's a fullback. He's a receiver. He's a running back. He's, He's everything. The Baltimore Ravens first had him. They, 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 they understood what they had in the player, and then Kyle Shanahan has taken it to a whole other level with him as a player. Next quote, uh, question here from Robbie Arrington: How do you expect the staff changes to affect Dan Quinn's defense? And is it normal for the head coach to fire part of the defensive coordinator staff without talking to him about it? That, of course, is a reference to what we had talked about earlier with George Edwards. That was a that was a weird weird uh, situation last week just it was weird that george edwards was going to leave when george edwards was told he was not coming back he was surprised and then as he's leaving the building apparently according to josina anderson george edwards told dan quinn hey i'm out and dan quinn was very confused is that is that normal to no. have a head coach no. Make call? no i mean the head coach should have whoever he wants on staff but no, that's not normal. It, it goes back to what you and I were talking about. We started the show. It was. It seemed like there were Jerry Jones guys, and there seemed like there were uh, there were Mike McCarthy guys that kind of got you know got uh, taken care of in this uh, in this firing. So you know, I kind of feel like though that with George, we'll see. I I wonder if this is about Mike wanting to get. Uh, his linebacker coach back in the mix, Scott McCurley. Scott McCurley, which Scott McCurley kept the 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 name of linebacker coach the entire time. There never was a change. Scott McCurley did not coach the linebackers. Not at all. Not George at all. Edwards. George not Edwards all. was in charge. George Edwards led the linebackers during practice every single time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this might be one of those things where McCarthy says, "That's you know, Dan, I'm going to." McCurley is going to be my guy. I don't, I, you know, I appreciate what you and George and everybody's done here, but I'm going to name McCurley the linebackers coach. You're right. McCurley the last two years since Dan Quinn here has been 
basically a an assistant to the assistant, you know, if you want to be honest about it. Yeah, kind of floating around. And like I said, it's it's when you go out there, it's Dan Qu- or it's You can George see it. Edwards. See with your own eyes. Yeah. George Edwards is is and it's I had one point I, I had to walk over to somebody on staff with the Cowboys and just say, Did I I just want to clarify, did I miss an announcement or is McCurley still the linebacker's coach? They're like, no, McCurley's linebacker's coach. I was like, okay. But and George's title is still senior defensive assistant. Like, yeah. I was like, but George runs the linebackers every day? Like, yeah. I was like, okay. All right, if you say so. But still a very, a very odd move. because uh, especially when you say the Jerry guys, that's definitely Leon. George Edwards was was somebody that it just seems odd that you'd come in and cut out a coach from under Dan Quinn without telling him. Is there is it reading too much into it to say, eh, it's a, is this a little bit of a, not just about Jerry, is this a little bit of a an authority move over Dan Quinn? Well, too? okay, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't get, George was very noncommittal when I asked him this question. I asked him, did McCarthy get you or Dan Quinn get you? And he goes, I don't know. I don't know. So I think he was, I think he was a little bit perplexed by the whole situation himself. Hey, George, I, you know, George is very honest. George and I go way, way back. But George was like, I, I don't know. I don't know how this happened. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, did, did maybe him and, McCart- him and Quinn have problems? I don't think so, but I can't say that for sure. But when you ask George Edwards if, who you felt like got him, he, he, he has no idea. He has no idea. Question here from Anthony Gibbs, which I think we've we've addressed some of it uh, the first part already. So this is more about the second part. But Anthony Gibbs says, "What are the differences between a Kellen Moore led offense and a Mike McCarthy led offense?" I think we just said what we think some of the differences will be. But does the change impact the type of players you draft this year? So so with the the scheme that whatever Mike McCarthy's trying to run on offense, which is West Coast, and what Kellen Moore had been running, which is honestly a hybrid of Eric Coriel and West Coast the last couple of years. Um, does that change the type of players, maybe receivers or whoever else that you'd be picking that does it does it shift no, now? No. But you know, well yeah, you know, we I think there's still the same philosophy that, you know, with Mike when it comes to slot players. Yep. Outside players, I think he's got the type of outside players. Maybe he needs to add one or two more zone blocking schemes, not, you know, not gap or you know, gap blocking schemes and stuff like that. I, I think they're still going to get athletic offensive linemen. Uh, you know, you got to have running backs that are able to. I think the maybe not only run the football but catching the ball. They've got to develop some type of a screen game here. They've got to develop something where they can use these running backs. I think the one thing that that taught Mike McCarthy last year with, with, uh, with Pollard was. Like we need to get him more involved in the passing game. So if they're looking for running backs, I think that that will be something. Really, we always want to get the running back that has all the traits. My guy Gibbs, like at Alabama, he's got all the traits. Run, block, catch, all the traits. That's the kind of guy I think they're looking for when they're talking about the backs. But maybe a little bit big receivers. We'll see what the slots look like. I think I think he's allergic to sl- small slot wide receivers. If yes. I'm right about that, so that that won't be that that will be a, a little bit different. Now, when you talk about uh, bigger receivers, 
and a, a you know guys who uh you know are, are good route runners who who know where they're supposed to be and and they're there and and the timing and the precision of everything of the west coast offense so with that in mind if i were to say brian brought us of the players you have watched to this point uh give me give me the most prototype sort of west coast offense wide receiver you can think you've seen so far that is an excellent question and i wasn't prepared for it because <laughs> Uh, let me look at my let me look at my receivers that I have looked at. I'll Maybe tell you Quentin that Johnston. Although Quentin Johnston, well, Quentin was getting off press for a yeah, bit. he he has had a little bit of some problems with getting off press. The guy that I really 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 like, and it's funny, a lot of people have mocked him to the Cowboys. Like on these mocks I've seen in the second round, mm-hmm. a lot of them is Jalen Hyatt. You know, now Hyatt, Hyatt is six foot one hundred eighty five pounds, and you know that would be a guy that you would kind of think about. I think Keyshawn might, Booty might be too might be too thinly built for well, McCarthy. Okay, okay. Well, then your thought about hey, how about Keyshawn Butte from or sure. Butte from uh, LSU? He's six foot. He's two hundred five. Uh, you know, you've, I've got some guys I haven't looked at yet. Uh, uh, the kid Wicks from Virginia, I haven't looked at, and I haven't looked at Mingo from Ole Miss yet. Are two guys, but. There's a kid, A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. It's a 6'4", 203-pound guy that I think is a is one of those guys you'd, you'd like to have. Cedric Tillman from Tennessee is a 6'3", 214-pound guy. Yeah. So, yeah, though, there's some guys with some there's some guys with some size. Uh, it's funny is there's a lot of long guys in this draft. Uh, most of them are like 6'1", kind of a range. But, you know, they're all carrying like 180 pounds. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a six-one, two, a one hundred ninety-three pound guy. Hey, he's a really, really good player inside, outside. But if you're looking for tall guys, I know a bunch of people like Zay Flowers from Boston College. Zay Flowers is five nine, one seventy. But he's going to be too small for them, I think. But whoever drafts him is going to get a son of a gun. I looked at a kid named Parker Washington last night from Penn State. He's five ten, two ten. He reminds me of Steve Smith. That's who that guy reminds me of playing. Oh. So if you think about a stocky, powerfully built guy, lower body power that's hard to tackle, that catches all the passes, Parker Washington is your guy. Penn State. That does it for us here on the Love of the Star podcast. Uh, as Brian has mentioned, you can catch us uh, in a lot of different areas right now, including DallasCowboys.com, uh, 105.3 The Fan, uh, Twitter, as you can see there for Brian, it's at Brian Broadus. I'm at Bobby Belt TX. Uh, so a lot of different places where you can catch us. We will continue to bring you guys episodes throughout the off season, uh, and and we'll have uh, no shortage of storylines, I imagine, uh, through every month of the off season. Until next time, we will talk to you guys later. <laughs>